Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to episode 66 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast. Lots of controversial topics on this week's show. We'll be talking all things Betfred Cup, including the scheduling um, for the upcoming Hamden fixtures. We'll also be talking about the Hamden redevelopment um, and some of our ideas around that, what makes good stadium atmospheres, uh, comparing and contrasting notes for that. And we'll also be covering the interesting stories from this week's game, uh, the goings on in the Premiership and the dominance of the Lothian sides um, at the moment, as well as the Championship and a notable victory uh, for one of our teams at long last. So stay tuned for all that. Anyway, <laughs> joining myself this week is the relegation raver himself. John Brown, hello John. Hello. Both of your teams still in the relegation zone, if I'm correct. Nah, they'll be there at the end of the season as well. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. You visited Newcastle this weekend to, to see an, an improvement in quality, was it? There's still an improvement in quality. <laughs> still an improvement in quality. Good. And as the lump man himself, Fraser Thompson. Good evening. How was your weekend? Excellent. Excellent. So we're, no, we're very pleased to have Fraser back. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Nothing else to say. And of course, myself, the ropiest announcer in Scottish football, Paul. So let's get cracked straight on. Right. Topic number one. What are we going to discuss? I think we'll discuss the Betfred Cup, I suppose. Last week, we saw a number of games, a few interesting games. Um, what were those games? Well, Aberdeen <laughs> played Hibernian at Easter Road, uh, for one thing, in a re-recorded <laughs> intro, which John's alluded to. <laughs> we won't dwell on the past, uh, as we never do at Sofa Manager Towers. Uh, everyone kind of progressed as we expected, no real shocks there. Nah, nah. Uh, well, apart from the Aberdeen game, uh, which I believe you were treated to a full 120 minutes no, of, Christ, I John. all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. But... Brian McLaughlin said a very interesting tie just lacked the goals, which I think is a problem in a football game. But I, I uh, never thought it would be said in a Hibs game. Hmm? I never thought a nil-nil draw in any Hibs game all season. It's true. Uh, the lack of defending and the amazing <laughs> attack that they have. Well, it was like the unrelenting force versus the immovable object. Yeah. But if you read the, you know, I was I was up here doing some work. And if you read the like text by text commentary, it did not make for good reading for an Aberdeen fan. It was constantly Canberra Bar, Canberra Post, someone else, <laughs> Joe Lewis save. Hmm. Um, you know, very much on the back foot. Stevie May miss. As is the yes. Well, we put out on the Instagram last week that uh, an Aberdeen striker scoring for Aberdeen. What a rare! Oca- it's been a it's been a week for rare occasions, and that the Falkirk victory. <laughs> we'll discuss a bit later on as well. Um, so no, Hibs will be dis- bitterly disappointed. Uh, do you think they were really at fault on the evening, John? They're finishing let them down massively. Um, uh, especially for Martin Boyle, when he was one-on-one disallowed goal, I thought it was maybe just a bit of intuition just to handball it without realising what he was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just a natural... Brilliant. Instinct. Compare Martin natural Boyle and Thierry Henry. Ah, uh, well, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's true. I mean, they should have won it, given the chances they had. They go to give credit to Aberdeen. They kind of dug in. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it kind of got to 85, 90 minutes, you knew that they were only aiming for That's penalties. That's all they were going stage. for, yeah. Um, and then they, they took their chance at the time, so fair play to them. Well, that's the thing. I think one of the things that's changed this season is, you know, McInnes seems to have a bit more tactical nous about him. You know, every time they tried to make defensive changes last year, it all completely crumbled. Um, and now that he doesn't have the same attacking options that he necessarily has last year, you know, maybe the defence is something that they're looking to focus on a bit more. And that paid dividends... Certainly in the Bernie game, not so much against Celtic. Um, just on Scott, Scott McKenna emerging is enough. Um, when you think about the defensive problems that they had, I think specifically about the Motherwell hmm. Cup defeat last year. It was the week after that. I don't remember that very well. No, Fraser. I wouldn't it's imagine not... you would, but this guy, it was Scott McKenna coming in again and again. The, remember the Instagram, John? Uh, uh, oh, smiling away. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna came in the next week, shores things up for them, big, big time. Uh, got a lot rid of a bit of dead weight at the back as well, and what well, and um, the Irishman Anthony O'Connor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of dead weight as well. Well, I know. I was bit, like, I think Joe Lewis is, has to be one of the best keepers in the league. He's probably the best keeper. Uh, yeah. That was his first penalty shootout victory. Yeah, no? uh, uh, um, I, I sort of felt a little bit for Bogdan because Aberdeen had clearly had some practice. Um, they they 
the high quality penalties mm-hmm. all of them McKenna's uh, in particular for a centre back to kind of place it as well as he did was quite something uh, who was it that missed for? It was McGinn. Didn't look confident walking up. Nah, he looked nervous. It seemed to Aggie Pong when he missed the penalty for him. Uh, cracked the crossbar. Been quite a few poor, poor penalties recently. Uh, I saw the one Curtis Main for uh, Motherwell against Kilmarnock. Jamie McDonald gobbled that up easily. Faithfully passed it back. And there was another one at the weekend It was the same as well. So, uh, first penalty shootout probably since the group stages. <laughs> uh, and those kind of junky bonus point ones. But... Uh, no, good for them. Hibs will feel gutted because I think that's a trophy that they might have wanted to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. I, think so. yeah, yeah. I think the Scottish Cup's a different prospect entirely. One positive for them was, as you mentioned, Daggy Pong. Just don't let him take any penalties. He, looked, he looked very impressive when he came on. He came on and had a bit of, kind of purpose about him. Um, it'd be quite a good foil for, for Boyle up front, Camberry. Uh, we were disappointed in Slivka when he came on. He, he never really got into the game as much as you wanted. I know it was late on. He, he I thought he, I thought he did enough down the right. Um, it, just going back to Aggie Pong, it scared the life out of Logan. I uh, every time it was a one on one, there was just I know your thoughts on Logan, but apparently his mate Stephen Island is not going to be joining us. I've just heard so <laughs> shame <laughs> there. Uh, that was a decent signing, but I don't know. I think he, you do need a new striker, but I don't think he would have been quite the answer. I think the, the given he's a midfielder, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I would have played him up front. Given no. the lack of ability. No. I think uh, the SPFL seems to be becoming a bit of a, a resurrection point for some of these English footballers. You know, Stephen Cocker recently exercising his, you know, release clause. Massive Dundee. resurrection he's had. Yeah, uh, struggling with that. But folk like <laughs> Malumbu, for example, wouldn't have seen himself playing in front of 60,000 people a week, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, it, yeah. Antoine Ferdinand as well, uh, who I didn't know was still playing. <laughs> well, I had no idea. No, but doing a decent job there for Sabrina, so that's interesting. Um, kind of elsewhere, we had Rangers kind of stomp over Air United. Um, I think that's, that's a standard, that's a, standard one. Yeah. I wouldn't say so, because last year those are the games that they're winning 2-0, 2-1, maybe even like t- being taken to extra time in. Mm-hmm. A big result like that against a team who are top of the championship, it's a big step up for them again. Ah, but it's, it's Rangers at Ibrox on a Tuesday night in the League Cup, it's always going to be a doing. So, if you say so, is that the name of their keeper? <laughs> Doing, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Called up to the other trailers recently. Um, as well, we had Celtic go through narrowly against St Johnston. Oh, uh, painful ninety minutes of viewing. Yeah. I know that was rough uh, on BT Sport, and as well joining all them. Well, yeah, that's just the, the four fixtures, isn't it? Uh, but the good news was, what Abel Harsh go through as well? What Harsh? Did we not discuss Harsh? Nope. No. Who did they beat? Motherwell. Motherwell four two. Yeah. Standard. Oh, it wasn't actually so standard. <laughs> Three two late on. I uh, well, we're two two one down. Really? Going yeah. Three mm-hmm. two late on, and then got another one to just kind of. I can tell you've been at work all day. Easy way. Nah, I don't. I don't care about Motherwell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I. But the big news behind these fixtures was the question was when are they all going to be played? Because we had the good question mm-hmm. of you know the success of the Scottish clubs now being in Europe. <laughs> playing on a blooming Thursday night, um, that these games were going to have to be played on alternative dates. So, I don't know if you guys had the same sort of chat, chat about staff rooms and things as to where would be the most appropriate time. Um, someone I met the other day was talking, a big Hearts fan, was talking about that he would be furious if they postponed it for a week. This was before the fixtures came out, because uh, his kid's birthday party. Was that day, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's all right, you know, it'll be on the telly." He's like, "No, I'd have to miss my kid's birthday party." So <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay, uh, taking it that seriously, uh, and then they're both being played on the same day at the same venue, the same place. I understand <laughs> the hesitation term. because it doesn't make sense any time you say. Doesn't it. make sense. So uh, you know, brief thoughts. Uh, how, how did the meeting go, Jonathan? As to how they came to this decision. Oh, I exactly. don't know. Sat in the room. Mr. Director of BT Sports says we're doing it. Then mm-hmm. SPL went no. Hamden Park went yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Aberdeen and Hearts were sitting in a corner for getting just some milk and cookies and just shop. Yeah. Well, the Aberdeen fixture kicks off at 12. 12. 12 for a start. Uh-huh. All right, but the first train for Aberdeen comes in at 20 past to Queen and, Street yeah to <laughs> Queen Street you get into Queen <laughs> Street 15 minutes after kick off right. yeah. and the thing is there's only one train uh-huh. I mean you're not exactly going to get 
say, three or four thousand Aberdeen fans on the one train coming down from Aberdeen. No, yeah, and, it would be and consecutive. The, the amazing thing about that is Stuart Reagan comes out with his big speech. We've found all the uh, the exactly what everybody wants. Aye, and then the um, Aberdeen and Hearts both come out with their scathing statements, and then you've got. Uh, we've we've looked into all the appropriate transport arrangements, and Scott Rail come back with a statement saying no, we not. were only spoken to the, about this after you made your statement Aye. saying you had spoken to us. So you found it on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just uh, it's it's a shambles, and to suggest the police have signed off on this, I just can't I can't believe that. Well, I think a higher level of police has signed off on that after eating a couple of prawn sannies and a, and yeah. well the, the, ch- the chatter is the that, Federation haven't uh, you know if there is but trouble here it gives them you know cause for bringing bring back the in the, act, yeah, the football act and things like that which I don't think is actually going to be the, I mean, the issue is, here this is a brilliant hunting ground for conspiracy theorists uh, well, like myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much it. so this is brilliant uh, your main man Levine though was very strong aye good man and as, as he should be yeah. it, it's, he's got the right to do it though but I do wonder in the next it has already kind of gone quiet a little bit. So over yeah, the next three or four days, they'll all be forgotten about and they'll move on. Yeah. The Unti- until until we'll there are it. deaths. Nah, come on. Deaths? <laughs> it, it honestly <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. You've got the four know. biggest football clubs in Scotland, mm-hmm. all in one city, going against the tides. I mean, one, one set's arriving as one set's leaving. Yeah, that, there's issues. But I... I actually think it's workable. But... Consider it. Okay, because I've thought about this many times, <laughs> trying to think of this argument, and I can't There's find no, it. There is no precedence for it, is one thing. It's very difficult to do, but you would have to come to some kind of workable solution, especially if you're bringing down... I mean, how many fans would Aberdeen take? From Poten- Aberdeen? Potentially. Specifically from over, Aberdeen. Over 10,000. Over 10,000. Right. Possibly 15. You yeah, that, to, that was the number. You have was... to organise three or four trains to come down early from Aberdeen mm-hmm. with all of them on it. Football-specific trains have to be organised. Yes. Right, so never harm. Well, they and have... And you have to get them in, and then you have to find a way to get them from... Queen Street. Queen Street or Glasgow Central. Well, both, yeah. really. You know, and there is a logistical challenge to it, but... But the, and the, the thing is, I mean, even once you get once you get from Aberdeen down to Glasgow... How are you going to get back? They then, well, no, they then join in with all the Celtic fans. And the Rangers fans. Yeah, I mean... It is you can you can have ten thousand seats on trains from Aberdeen to Glasgow. Great. Add another twenty five thousand to get from Aye, Central to Mount Florida. Exactly. I was going to say you can't you can't bus twenty five thousand Aberdeen it, fans down from whatever. No, no, no. I, I don't disagree that they're going to have to put specific football. They're, they're going to have to do something to segregate it all out. Well, my my but problem that is a segregation right from the train station mm-hmm. out to South Glasgow. Yeah, but my my problem as well is you know we went to the the cup semi last year on a train got the chat with some Aberdeen fans on the way if I go to our local train station in Aberdeen chat this year I'm not going to make it to the ground <laughs> nowhere even remotely in here I don't know but you, you build up in your but you have to remember this is a 12 o'clock on a, a, a Sunday. Sunday so it's not going to be the same atmosphere as a 3 o'clock on a Saturday right Sunday bloody Sunday John you know what they say most fans <laughs> are bust to the game yes right yes mm-hmm. So you have to take them all out of the equation and then you're only considered maybe four or five thousand Celtic fans who won't be coming on a supporters bus. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd, that. I'd be surprised if it was as little as that. I think it's, it's going to be logistically challenging. You have to make sure you're going to have to organise a method of getting them on transport that the police can... Monitor. Right, okay, so we are now talk- we're taking this much time to discuss how we're going to get one set of fans Aye, to one of the two games. And then get the other lot back in, and uh-huh. it's even more... I mean, you're talking, yeah. so your regular trains back from Glasgow to Edinburgh mm-hmm. stop at half eleven. Granted, the game should finish at half nine. Mm-hmm. That game goes to extra time, it's quarter past ten, goes to penalties... By the time the winning fans leave, mm-hmm. you're quarter to eleven. You've well, then got forty-five minutes to get from Hamden back to Queen Street. Hi, and just get the train from Florida is an absolute. You take you take you an hour to get uh, back to Queen Street because they will put on a Sunday service. <laughs> so, so what else were they to do? Well, you can stagger the the games over two weekends. I don't think that was properly considered. I mean, what else is Hamden going to be doing next Saturday Sunday? But what wasn't you there? Know. You know, the contractual obligations that they would be played. On that weekend, and I don't know well, if if pressure or actually any pressure 
or a conversation was even remotely had. I, I don't know. I, th- I think that's a problem. I don't think they've talked about it. No, I, I don't think, think, think you're right. I think that was way too low on the. I think that, quite honestly, I think I honestly think BT walked through the door and went, there's yep. a window opportunity here. This is Super Sunday. Double, double header. Exactly. I mean, for a neutral, <sighs> but it's, it, once this all calms down, I'm, you know, two games on the one day. Split, split apart by what? Split apart by such a long time. It's, it's, it's not, it's not it Super Sunday. It's you got the English bang average game. Sunday at best, yeah. especially with some of the quality that you might see. But to a marketing agent down in London, that is absolute golden. That's true. I hadn't and considered that, is, that. That is the only angle that the BT Sport had for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of showed their hand a little bit they had Chris Sutton and Stephen Craig out in their, their local uh, kind of columns in the Daily Record and whatnot. Stephen Craig has a column I'm sure he does Dear me. <laughs> Sutton definitely <laughs> does and you can tell he had been told to toe the party line uh, which was really disappointing given the, his kind of stance on for Scottish fans it was, it's just not it would have worked perfectly had the two been played back to back at different stadiums which they couldn't really do having just have bought Hamden. I think that was a big that part of the problem there, is you can't go from the discussions of the week previous uh-huh. to actually, do you know what, we're going to use it some of the time if it suits us. And then I don't think Murrayfield are going to be our best pals at yeah, the moment Murrayfield either. handled it quite well, publicly at least, I mean, I yeah. don't know, but I, I falls on the SFA's shoulders, have a bit of a backbone and... Make the right decision. Make, make a decision that suits the fans that make the game. Would have been... More beneficial to have both games in Glasgow same time. We have the Rangers Aberdeen game at Parkhead, and then have the other game no. at Bybrook. You could not do that. I don't know. I, They're I don't far know, enough you... apart. They're on different tube lines. I thought you weren't still, allowed to play those two. Uh, not, that's the two are never allowed to play nonsense. on the same day. But you, they used to no, do right? I'm sorry, but if we're, if we're going to throw in, we're going to play two at the same stadium on the same day. You can play I may as well be two in both games. Time, let's be honest. I can get away with murder at the moment. <laughs> I look sensible. <laughs> right? The, the the, only, the easy thing to do, well, not easy, but I think the most logical thing to do is to move one of those two games back a week. Even if you move them both. Well, I, I, move, them, move them both back. Can you? Could they play them the Saturday, Sunday? The following weekend. The following weekend. I'm not convinced whether they could because I can't remember when. But they, if the broadcasters told you no, then you're, you're hamstrung. And that's... But I don't see why the... My opinion is an Aberdeen plan. Play the Rangers game on Saturday. They've got a big enough squad to deal with it. Do they? They can say the same. <laughs> don't, but I'm thinking from a competitive edge. I mean, you heard Levine saying that actually they were willing to forego playing them mm-hmm. that day, where actually, I mean, historically, Celtic are poor, haven't played the European night mm-hmm. the, that week. And he said, I'm much happier to forego that mm-hmm. and play them at a later date so our fans can get to the game. Because what parent or how many parents are going to take their kids <sighs> to all the way to finish. Glasgow to a uh, a late night finish with both old firm fans, both sets of old firm fans on your doorstep, it's walking back through the town. Nah. I, I just. It's a challenge. And it's I have absolutely no sense today. What's the ridiculous? Sorry if that needs bleeped. Nah, I'll just stand by it. I have absolutely no sympathy for anyone who was in that room. You know, whoever Hearts and Aberdeen sent to represent them done a terrible job. But these these clubs at the moment are screaming for change on a number of fronts. And yeah, you know they're, they're, yeah, those two clubs are very very quiet at the moment about all of this. Who Rangers and Celtic? Rangers and Celtic yeah. haven't said anything about it. They get, their fans, it's no problem for their fans. No. It's, it's and and there's, there's no there's no need for them to get involved in it. This this isn't just big club mentality. Why isn't there a new so, central national stadium in the central <laughs> belt? You know, between Edinburgh and Glasgow, because the Edinburgh side of football nah. is clearly much stronger at the moment. You know, nah. <laughs> It needs to be in one of them. It needs to be in Edinburgh. No, I, I'm advocating for somewhere in the middle. Somewhere like Falkirk, perhaps. Oh, well, you might suggest it. such yeah. a thing, but... I'll tell you what, though. See if this was at Murrayfield. How much of a greater challenge would it be? Mur- Murrayfield's, yeah, you, you, you at least can go your separate ways out of Mount Florida, whereas Murrayfield, you're channeling through Haymarket. You're all going the one, and you now have, you would have Aberdeen Rangers and oh, but you could get all coming out the one city. You could get the tram... And yeah, that's but that's still everybody out on the park, one, and you have to get from there. They do it for Scotland rugby matches all the time, you know. They're well versed in how all that very works. Civil and um, upper class. Yeah, and, but you know, at the end of the day, we're we're all in a queue for a train. It's not really. And if Celtic went and you know pumped hearts, you know, not that that's going to be the case. It's probably going to be the case. Um, if I you say so. so. No. I think so. Do we put that in the bold sixfold? <laughs> do we do the bold sixfold <laughs> anymore? <laughs> But aye, anyway, lots of strange decisions, but hot on the topic of Hamden 
being bought over. Uh, Rumour was for they tried to do it for a pound initially, <laughs> which seems a bit cheeky. It just reminds me of the <laughs> Luis Suarez to Arsenal deal release clause of 40 million. Wenger bids 40 million and like a penny. I think it was a pound. But, but aye, Queen's part, we're never going to let it go for that. So they've bought Hamden, right? Topic of redevelopment is on the card. A lot of people do not like Hamden. Right? <laughs> Hands up here if you don't like Hamden. I don't mind it. I don't, I like I don't Hamden. hate it. I don't have a problem with Hamden. But a lot of the chatter has been it doesn't generate a lot of atmosphere. So, I guess we'll start with what makes a stadium atmospheric? John Brown, you were at Newcastle at the weekend. Is that an atmospheric stadium? Very. What makes it atmosphere? What is the leading factor is ah, what I went to question have, you about? Your fans are going to be up for it, first and foremost. The occasion, I think, is the biggest thing, yeah. Uh, do you know? But it doesn't... Nah. It's, it's, it's all comes down to the fans. Because, I mean, you could... you could. The the occasion brings the fans up for it, but if the fans get up for it, any occasion feels big. Mm. I mean, they were only playing Leicester and, you know, there was 52,000 fans, massive flags, massive banners, a real kind of cup final atmosphere about it, really. Mm. Ah, for it might feel like that for us who are maybe not used to. But for them, it's but normal, and, and they generate. Isn't that what we've got know, to look for? That's why I go down. I go down for the atmosphere. Oh, absolutely! You know, I pay the money for it, and it's it's very enjoyable. It's easily accessible. If you want to have a drink before or after, you're only a five minute walk to a pub, not twenty minutes in your car, mm-hmm. or you know, you're on a tube train or whatever. Um, so I think locality helps. Newcastle being city centre is. It's perfect, it's really. St James Park is a. Not a one-off, but it is. It's in a very good. Well, it's a unique. Yeah, unique sport. Yeah. But it's a it's a heritage ground as well. You know, it's built on the same place for a long, long time. And you know, yes, they've, they've been very fortunate enough to have the space to kind of expand. Uh, you know, over and out with I think the two biggest stands in English football, um, by the capacity they make. But you know, the time does come often where you have to build a new stadium and you do have to move it. You take, but you take Newcastle. You put twenty thousand fans in St James's Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's still a reasonable atmosphere. It'll be all right, but it won't be. Oh, it'll not be bouncing. I mean, it's that's, that, that's that's my problem with the Hamden argument. Mm-hmm. Is it ever going to be a great atmosphere with nineteen thousand fans nah, w- watching Albania? I wonder if it helps over Newcastle as well because you can close off. So see myself the park in the Ibrox. You can close off the top tiers. Yes, and you keep everybody kind of down and. It, for what would be a 20,000 crowd in a 50,000 seat stadium mm-hmm. it still feels like a reasonable crowd is, is this the sort of like flags things that they use abroad to kind of well they cover off the empty seats uh-huh well, no, mean, no no you know see, how the I, top I tiers they like hang like big almost curtains from like the top of the I've never seen that but it sounds interesting what they would do they, they do this in particular you know that new Atlanta stadium that's mm-hmm. the mayor the Mercedes do when the football's played there they hang and they do this as well in Vancouver and stuff, I'm sure. From the top tier, they hang these flags from the edge of the top of the cover of the stand mm-hmm. down to the top of the tier. So it, it feels it, a bit it more enclosed. Make, it, yeah, it makes the stadium feel smaller, so there's more people in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So they do that. I mean, they do that. Hamden, they put the, the netting over the over I, the ends. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't help. The, the, the advantage that St James Park has, you don't see the top tier being empty when everything else around you is full. Mm-hmm. But you're not just going to put a ring of Scotland fans... Ah, you would need to kind of really position the cameras. Another thing that really pisses me off about Hamden is they always fill the main stand. Uh huh. Would you so can't lies, see? This, like, that could be rammed, but they suppose the east stand mm-hmm. lies empty. Two end stands lying empty. Why? And they split the fans. Yeah. Oh, that's a grape. That can, really is can, a grape. Calm yourself. Well, that's the thing. When, we, when we went to the Belgium game, you know, we paid a little bit extra for the sort of the the non end view, right? And I swear it must be one or two sections yeah. difference. And again, the sort of end view was literally the start of the curve around the corner. It yeah, you're, you're looking along the goal line, and that isn't an end view. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, one of, one of the main gripes about it has been the distance you are on the either end of those pitch. So, if you redevelop that stadium, do you kind of square that off? It's a hell of a challenge. I, the, I mean, I don't see yeah. how you do it without knocking the knocking the whole thing down. Yeah, well, well, it's an entire bearing... Higher redevelopment. You either knock it down or you sink it. That that's was going to be my next point. Is that sinking it? And is that was already the, a little bit sunk in in places, though, is so, it not? So let's do it some more. They either they could, or they could. that. You're digging up the whole thing. Well, <laughs> are you going to be digging up the whole thing anyway? At least this so you're redeve- So you're not keeping anything from the original. I mean, demolish it, sell the land, and build a new stadium. 
I mean, that must be reasonable. All right, money bags, Brown. It must be reasonable real estate, though. Where on earth are you going to find the funding for that? Where are you going to put it? Well, in the same place. Well, no, no. I are mean, you going to put it Edinburgh, Glasgow, or in the middle? It would still stay in Glasgow. I think so. Um, I, I think if you bought the stadium, you'd have to buy it in the same land, or you'd have to build it in the same land. You can go out and like buy some more land. You do what Aberdeen are doing. You, but you then why would you the buy stadium the stadium? So that they own the land. To Hamden. They own the entire freehold of Hamden. So they can knock it all down, put flats in it, Sell the flats, build a new stadium. Yeah, but for why to do that? Why not just build a new stadium in the first place? Because they because don't have the, the money, money from selling the. You need to sell the stadium to get the money. They would, they would get. I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on the light bulb yeah, moment. As he, no, as he gets I don't buy it. that. You sell. They've bought Hamden for five million pounds as an investment, right? Potentially, yeah, yeah, I don't it's, think it's a good deal, ish. So they could sell that land, or they could demolish it themselves and put houses on it themselves, and the proceeds of that, which would be probably a profit, they can go and build a new purpose-built stadium. To the tune of how much a new stadium goes for these days? I mean, they could recoup a lot of it. I don't, I don't actually see it being redeveloped. I don't, I don't, I don't see it either. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't The way they're going at the moment, they won't fix a bloody thing. It's just going to stay the same. It is. Yeah. And it's a. The problem. They could sell you go to, is, is anybody, The thing is, is anybody going to tell me that those England games, the England games last year, is anybody going to say they went to that and thought the atmosphere was. Average. That, no. the atmosphere was secondary because of the result. Everyone's picking up the atmosphere because the results are dreadful. Well, uh, when the going's good, you're saying, not going like, to complain about you know anything bad. Um, but you know, people sing the praises of the likes of Tyne Castle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, for the you know the height, of the stands, the proximity to the pitch. It's an old-fashioned stadium. It's, it works it for them. Keeps keeps the sound in. Well, that's the thing. I think history has a lot to stadium atmosphere as well because you look at Hamden actually does retain a lot of the history because it's pretty much the same shape as it always mm-hmm. has been and you know those curved end stands I've been doing a lot of work recently looking at older stadiums is a relic of how we used to build stadiums I think they were easier to do <laughs> well they could fit more people in I could they <laughs> I wasn't telling you I saw a picture of Rugby Park recently which looks cracking with the like nah, the old curves the, the sort of ovular. and the, it's funny to look at main stands not changing from like 1960 <laughs> through like 2005 you look at Dundee's old main stand and it still has the old but it's, it's never changed and it, keep, it keeps a shape. It's like a diagonal. It is baffling as to how some Scottish football grounds were built. Like, no cohesiveness at all. Because you look at the pictures of even the Wraith ground, for example, is there's like a stand in the corner. They didn't bother filling out the main stand. They just kind of... I mean, demolished half of it and then... You got breaking with their hedge. Built the new two end bits. Aye. <laughs> the best one is Montrose. It's going Montrose. The other stadium used to face one way and then they redeveloped it, they turned it round. <laughs> they so, left some of the <laughs> So what is now the end stand used to be the side stand, but it still has the curve. So when you're in the end stand now, so the stadium uh-huh. like that, there's a kind of curved end stand and it's miles away from the pitch. So you could be sitting at <laughs> We're, we're not saying this is a positive though. Oh, it's bizarre. But it's, <laughs> but it, that is a relic of old stadium. I think it creates atmosphere. Everyone always wants to go to Somerset Park. They always want to go to, you know, places of the ilk. Aye, it, it takes you back to a previous time. It's almost like going to it's Morton. The, it's the almost. See the house the Air United fans actually undercover? And they open stand on the terrace. But the so if we were standing in the away stand, on the one on the kind of left, the one closest to the main road, not the railway. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is interesting because that's always had a big, you know, really funny. Morton actually have a really big contingent of like match day vloggers. Don't know why, it just seems to be very popular. But it's great to watch because the highlights from this week are freaking hilarious. One <laughs> <laughs> nil up, and you know they're giving it all this. They're like sticking their fingers up to their fans. Five goals later. <laughs> like, ah. Anyway, sorry. Very good content if you're watching. <laughs> big fan. Um. But I, it's fine that balance, isn't it? And one of the one of my case studies I've got listed down here is you know the Falkirk Stadium, mm. and you know building mm. these new facilities, it takes a bit of time. I think Falkirk, you know, missed an entire stand, which I think affects I, I, things. They, they were hampered by the council and the decision. Oh, on they, were the, hampered, they were hampered by each other. There was a lot of issues at the time. By the way, it's just making excuses. You would have made that a hell of more atmospheric than it is. If the Kelpies were built directly in front of the main stand, in front of the main stand, or well, so that you could across the pitch, yeah, from so the main stand in the big gap, yeah. and when Falkirk scored, they would like rise up and like flames would come from the mouth and everything, which would be rare. So we wouldn't actually have to spend a lot of money. Um, which I think, or plant some trees, something, 
something just something yeah i think it's well worthwhile but you look at you know the point there would be the difference in location from you know the old brockville park to out there i killed um, it i really don't know where's where's the location does the location really make i mean okay if you're going to a Falkirk game now would you drive or would you go in the town have a drink and go to the game you could quite easily have a drink and go to the game half an hour walk you walk slow Oh, we did it once when your German pals it came. It was horrendous. Thundering down with rain. John, gosh, God bless them. Invited these poor Germans <laughs> to get a taste of Scottish football. <laughs> no, they weren't just Germans. They were British adopting season tickets. <laughs> they were they were showing these showing us uh, still speaking of atmosphere. These amazing videos of winning like what the Bundesliga. Uh, well, one of them was a one was a British adopting season ticket holder. One was a Waldorf uh, Mannheim fan who had an absolute nut job team right. down in the kind of island. but they won like the third division or something and the scenes <laughs> at the end of the match and we watched I think Falkirk actually won 4-0 they won they won 3-0 against Dundee United and it was awful <laughs> well I mean Falkirk played brilliant no atmosphere completely dead Terrible. everyone was frozen which is another thing summer football that would help you know Right, I have not been I've not had a better game be than like the Betfred Cup two years ago when I was there my shorts my sunglasses Actually, a lot of the sofa manager like cover photos I use is a sunset picture <laughs> from then. That was against Elgin. Aye, that was great. Um, you going there for? I don't want to say an evening's entertainment, but <laughs> you're not. <laughs> there's a difference between going to a July League Cup match uh, than there is a Saturday afternoon at home to Aloha, whatever. Like I would much rather watch that game. Even in the mid-teens, then what will be minus three? Well, we're getting towards freezing in the moment. Yeah. Ah, but I think that adds something as well. See so when it gets you, cold you, and I you're going to the football. Or so, so we're asking for an indoor national stadium then? Yeah, we're a roof. <laughs> Seating. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Just a roof that covers everything would be nice. Yep. Let's not, not get soaked. Funny thing, the there's, the game. there's a facility in Motherwell. Ravenscraig. Ravenscraig. Yeah. Which you're not actually allowed to play international matches in because the roof's not high enough. Yeah. <laughs> which is a purpose built facility. You're like, so I don't trust the SFA to do anything. <laughs> Moral of the story. Um, anywhere. Anywhere? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Lots of other interesting stories this week. Premiership. Rangers lost 1 0 to my team. If you were listening last week, and if you commented angrily on the podcast Instagram, you clearly didn't listen last week. Uh, my new team, Fraser, is this news to you? Might be. Livy Till I Die, hashtag. Uh, if you say so. Actually, quite a good Twitter account I came across today called Livy Till I Die, who basically said something along the lines of, you know, I don't need a girlfriend, I will simply, words to the effect of, get with Lee Miller's uh, FIFA card for the rest of my life, <laughs> which I thought was very intriguing. But they won... 1-0 um, at the Ammonville and it's now Hearts, Hibs, Livingston is, the, is our top three. Uh, did you catch any of the game at all, John? Yeah, what's your second half? Great result for them. Good result. Sort of good tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, done everything they need to do against the Rangers attack that was lacking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's they've, they've achieved, what, zero points away from home this season? Uh, yeah. they, no, they got... They have at least one. Oh, well... No, they've got two. Because they got one, they got one at Aberdeen as well. Um, but no away victories for them. No. You say the uh, same about Celtic, though. Celtic actually below them on the away form table. But then, you know, it's actually a problem for both of them in that Hart's still picking up points, Hibbs picking up points, Livingston picking up points. Livingston picking up points. And furthermore, you know, we shot down about top six last week. It's getting closer and closer. And Kilmarnock aren't that far off either, let's be honest. Kilmarnock were freaking sensational. Aye, they're uh, looking really good. I hate that, but they're looking really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, even like folk like Kurt Broadfoot really stepped up for them over the weekend. I said it before, I'll say it again, Steve Clark's the best manager in Scottish football. Oh, by far. Nah, long who's he going to get the call from, though? Like, why? I think he's quite comfortable where he is. Doing well, he won't be paid that much, but I guess he won't be bothered that much either, will he? Yeah, he'll have the... Oh, he'll have all the money for anybody in England. He'll have enough. Well, that's true. Mm. Uh, so he's and the way this there. season's going, European football next year, potentially. That would be huge. <laughs> if I can't remember the last time Kilmarnock were in Europe. Um, uh, a long time ago. Well, sure. I'm not sure it was looking fantastic as well. Would it, would it be that long ago? Did they not have a couple of cup runs? Yeah, well, they won the cup in 97. 
Mm-hmm. Who did they beat? Uh, let's, uh, I can't uh, remember. <laughs> I've no idea. I go, I go with Sheik. Oh, dear. Uh, well, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching Kilmarnock at the moment. Um, it did all right against Celtic. Like, oh, no, was it Rangers last week they, they beat? They beat Celtic last week. Celtic yeah. last week. There you go. So, And they finally got something out of Greg Stewart, which I'm incredibly <laughs> envious <laughs> uh, about... Uh, but no, Dolly Menga scoring for Livingston. His first goal in how many years at club level, Fraser? Five. Five years. Thank you for your Instagram uh, post earlier. Darn! Taught me that one. I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> Over at the Sofa Manager Instagram, we are too informative for our own good. <laughs> um, so check that out. But he actually looks fairly decent, uh, not going to lie, and is held up by a pretty darn good team. But Rangers fans running amok in that game. Um the coin throwing incident, the linesman was a bit of a weird one. It looked bizarre. It almost looked like they'd been like it looked oversubscribed. Yeah, I was gonna say over allocated. There was far too many fans in that stand. For, they were standing like actually, if you've ever been inside Livingston, there's quite a distance between the sort of front row and there's a kind of concrete wall, mm. and it looked like there was two or three deep a whole way around. They're standing. Seat, They're standing like on the concourse. It, it looked a few extra tickets may have been kind of sort of dished out or somebody's been given a, a boost over the, the <laughs> yeah, so not great there what was that Seven, eight thousand people there though or 9,000 it was close to a sellout that stadium holds just over 10,000 so I think it was about 9,000 people were there it's good to see it's fantastic considering there was 1,900 for Hamilton the week before they've got a great bunch of fans though you know small compact contingent but they they do their thing well, and they're having a great blooming time. Or we are having a great blooming time at the moment, I should say. Aye, aye. <laughs> we'll accept free tickets, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, elsewhere, Celtic, in typical fashion, aren't playing well. They're Beat getting, Aberdeen getting <laughs> to boost their confidence. Or getting better. Good grief. Do you know what? I They were quite lucky to win that game. I thought the Sinclair finish was inspired. Um, you know, uh, have you seen the back heel at all? Aye, yeah, yeah. It was great imp- improvisation, yeah. essentially. And Aberdeen will be kicking themselves, but, you know... Did they offer anything going forward? I think they did. Gary Mackay Stephen could have scored at one point. Uh, I don't think they were as threatening as uh, Celtic, for example. Our main man McKenna tried to give a wee two-foot Jelly style. So I, he has... Has he been picked for the most recent Scotland squad? McKenna. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not one Livingston player, though. Damn it. <laughs> Why did you bet on that? <laughs> I was waiting on Sibs call off. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a few it, other names. Um, who's the keeper? Livingston keeper? Oh, God, that's a good question. Uh, Neil Alexander? No, no he's retired at the start of the season. Oh, Livingston keeper, he's a young, young keeper mm-hmm. um, who a lot of people were looking for to be called up as the third keeper, not as mm-hmm. any kind of challenge, but Quite right. do uh, we have any young keepers <laughs> or many young keepers? Archer's the only one that yeah, really talks exactly. about. And exactly. every time he turns, any time I see a highlight of Jordan Archer, it's the ball going over his head. Or you should come back. to Falkirk. <laughs> Get more practice. Not with a lot of as well this season. So. Mm. I saw a picture of their ground the other day as well. And you, the sort of skyline of Canary Wharf and stuff mm. in the background it looks really cool, despite the fact it's got this really thuggish reputation. It's <laughs> you know only kind of miles from uh, millions and millions of pounds. I did wonder though, actually on the topic of Millwall, uh, remember Murray Wallace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, played centre back for Millwall. Was he not left midfielder years ago? Nah, he was no, always a centre back. I actually thought if Millwall had actually sort of progressed what they had done last season in the playoffs, he was in for a, a call up 100%. He's developing really well. Really? Okay. In England, I got. A few centre halves coming through, though, although I mean more. Do we? Well, McKenna, Suter. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like that, but I like they're that. On their way. I think they're not. They, they may not be there yet, he, but he. I think if you just continue to play them in the in the national team, just let them get used to it. They might start. They might not develop. It'll as be much interesting as you want, to see how but. their careers progress because you know traditionally our centre halves have always been like you know Premier League or Rangers, Celtic players. And now you're kind of, you know, going for sort of Hibs Hearts range. Um, yeah, but, but they're a lot younger though than... Yeah, that's yeah. true. There's, there's careers and, ahead I mean, McKenna's already been linked with well, Premiership. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, He'll go at the end of his contract, if not in the summer. I'd, I'd like to see him at least make sure he moves for money for something. I'd be very surprised to hear him move without it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, a hefty selling a development fee. Oh, regardless, true, regardless. That yeah. was the thing as well. Do you see Hearts 
Oh, they got done for... No, they didn't get done. Sean Clare. Sean Clare. No, they, they signed him for a six-figure fee. Yes, I know. Yeah. But it was significantly lower than what would have been required from English sides. Because of the cross-border compensation thing, they're basically like scot-free with it. Well, that, ha- that happens quite a lot. I mean, Falker managed to get 250 grand from Bradford for, for Mark, Mark Stewart. Stewart yeah. Mm-hmm. Although yeah, they were looking for more for that. I know, you tell me got the raw deal. Some interesting dealings with Hearts. I heard today as well, apparently they are, you know how they're sponsored by Save the Children? Mm. That is sponsored by a generous benefactor, who apparently is the husband of a famous author, who possibly wrote some magical books, apparently. Mm, fair enough. Which I was, was quite surprised to hear that news. Um, elsewhere, Dundee you know, got off the, the ground, beating Hamilton. 2-0, freaking finally. Although Hamilton hit the crossbar five to eight times <laughs> in that match. Also, Hamilton, if you're listening, New Douglas Park now has what AstroTurf behind the, the goals. Yeah, please, like please close the door. The gate next to the goal is wide open. So every time someone strikes it wide, and that happens a lot in Scottish football, it goes careering through this gate. And this ball boy, why is standing inside the gate? I don't know. There's no point. If I hit the gate, it'll bounce back. Is there a roof on it? I don't know. But it's ridiculous. It goes through this thing. All the time, um, ah, they were quite unlucky. I thought they could have had a few. Um, again, they just to have a striker and any creativity. But uh, James They'll, Keating's, I see, has moved there as well. No, I think both of them will be fine eventually. You think? St. Burns a real concern. Well, they only got beat one nil. It's never a good sign. Uh, it could have been more. But, but apparently, you know, Anton Ferdinand there to turn them around. So, yeah, I know Rankiri's going to win the league <laughs> one day. I think they were a bit ambitious. <laughs> I, maybe the championship. But they were. Uh, they have been signing a few more players this week, so they're trying to to turn things uh, I, I, a little bit. I just don't see Dundee. They just. I, I, I mean, I, I was going to say there's no, ju- there's just no signs. Yes, they won at the weekend, but like you say, Hamilton. Sh- Hamilton should have won it. So that's true. Um, it'll be tough. I think it's going to be a very tight, and it will it probably will go down to the last game of the season because there's no way Livingston will bold, bold, bold predict. And you, Livingston and Colin Levy too. That's So so the pre pre season predictions, the the look that Darren and yourself gave him when mm. Livingston wasn't his bottom team. It could still happen, must be alright. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it could. One it defeat, won't. One defeat and that, defeat, that entire confidence is shattered. I, I don't know. We know uh, the legendary tactician that Gary Holt is, John, so... <laughs> it was 3 nil up my semi-final and you could beat 4-3. <laughs> to be fair to him, that was... stands with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> that was his blooming second game. I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, I was talking to someone about that total disaster today as well. Uh, and there was another game with St Johnston, but they got beat off someone. I forget. Who cares about St Johnston? Probably Motherwell then. Oh no, Hearts beat St Johnson. Yeah, yeah it was pretty standard. Callahan, former Hearts player, scored against him to get his debut goal, which is ironic play against Hearts. But um, right, uh, Hearts now up the top on what nineteen points, which is what five clear of anyone else. Five, five points. Uh, at the moment. But the next four games is like Celtic, Aberdeen, uh, Celtic again in the cup. Right. Well, well depending on when, depending on when they are. They're away uh, at Ibrox on Sunday. And then Hibernian as well. I think it's the I, last I, I, that derby is going to be freaking insane this uh, year. I think it's a Friday night as well. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Get all your natural order <laughs> chat back out and <laughs> all that jazz. I'll be crying. John Closet Jambo will be there in attendance. <laughs> I know I'll be doing London by then. Oh well, Millwall then. <laughs> um, so I interesting stuff in the Premiership. Uh, to the championship now, Falkirk win. Hey, were we there? Hey, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Are we picking backing uh, on that? So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Falkirk beat Alloa to get off the ground. Uh, three points now, just behind Alloa in goal difference. Um, Happy days. So relegation might not be the uh, the prospect in question. That's just a delayed relegation. Yes. Uh, uh, took Rangers man Zach Rudden, who seems to play really well away from home. <laughs> um, his key form uh, could be one for the future there. Rangers looks to be quite impressive. Anybody uh, can look impressive. Hmm? When you put a, you're talking a Falkirk Alloa game, you'd like to hope somebody from Rangers Probably. will look impressive. Um, so aye, that's good. Um, big for confidence going into next weekend's derby. First derby of the season against Dunfermline. Uh, but the question I get a lot is why it's actually a derby because they're technically not the closest team to us. 
but it's one of our fiercest rivalries. It, I, I'm going to hand this one to you because I've not got a clue. No, I don't know either. Well, that, that's... I just know there are smelly pythons. And <laughs> <laughs> they've only got nine fingers and webbed feet. And well, they, uh, they got a victory against Partick, which was big for them, live on Friday night television, which I had no idea about. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> who cares good. about the Alba coverage, by the way? Like, it's, it's always good to see football on the TV. Like, yeah. Why would a Gaelic man uh, want to watch Dunfermline against Partick? Or what are the point? <laughs> well, I, why would anybody want to? <laughs> well, no, exactly. <laughs> Apart from, I mean, there, there was actually. Do you know what? We were at the pub on was it Friday night. We were in the pub. Yes, on the pub on Friday night, and guy in there was actually watching it on his phone. <laughs> I was like, crazy. I mean, I'd, I'd rather it was on the TV than it wasn't. That's true. Like, I mean, I switched it over quickly, saw what game it was, and turned it straight back off again. Granted, but it at least gives me the option to watch it if I wanted to. Mm. But surely, if they were going to pick a Friday night game, Fokker on filming on Saturday, on this weekend coming up, is a much more yeah, sure. But they, they not do it every Friday. Why? Is it not every Friday? No, it's ah. very sporadic. Right, it's okay. very sporadic as well. I don't know what the. If they were to do every Friday, then at least maybe you drum up, an, drum up an audience that of the championship Friday night football Alba. Well, you need to be championship, you know. I'm sure there's there's good. Darbies. I mean, they do, they take their they take the League One playoffs. They take the League League Two playoffs. They definitely do the League One because I watch that. Yeah. Every every year, and it just because it was Dumbarton Malawa last season. Yeah. It was a good game. It was a good game, and the year year before, Brechin uh, Brechin Alawa finished on penalties. Yes. In fact, I'm sure they showed the Brechin Wraith game. The semi final, which was maybe one of the semi finals. So. They 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 have enough coverage. They do they do the majority of the women's football, if not all well, of it. They've just expanded that now to include the the women's league as well. Excellent. Congratulations to Glasgow City, by the way, going through the Champions. Yeah, mm-hmm. typical yeah. Scottish fashion by losing. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, they lost their their game against whoever they were playing. Uh, separate Barcelona tight side, I believe. Some uh, they're going to Barcelona. They were, I mean, they were they were three now three now up from the first leg away from home. Two uh, now up. Got beat, they got beat one 0 in the second. Mm, it was comfortable. Hi. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't get the choice of those games, uh, even remotely. And they've not actually featured Falkirk for a number of years, so someone does know what they're doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> On some level, but it'd be good to, to see them pick a few more interesting ties. Falkirk today as well announcing they've signed Prince Buaben. Um, formerly of Hearts and Dundee United fame I can't think of anyone else um, went down south for a while but I can't came back up tail between his legs he did really well for Hearts when they were in the championship and not so well in the Premier League yeah so maybe it says the kind of level <laughs> I mean I you're talking about League One level so well I won't have to championship <laughs> oh, that's, that's, what you, that's what he's talking about yeah brutal like, I mean he can walk into that team feel mm-hmm. confident I can walk into that team it's pretty the Fraser could walk it's an interesting thing you know I always remember him as someone who was very strong um, so he could perhaps replace another experienced midfielder that I, yes, I please, may get suggest ready. goodbye um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, predictions for that Dunfermline match it's quite a big game now that the two are kind of well I mean contractually that Dunfermline the Dunfermline winning against Partick maybe maybe makes it. No, Dunfermline will cruise it. I, they no. will. I, I'd be. Nah, I don't know about cruise it. I don't know about nah, cruise it. Two or three nil, comfortable. Two nil, three one, two goals. If there's a time to get the Falkirk team fired up for something, it's now. If there's one game to play for this season, name, name one. Home. Name one of those players that gives a damn about. Yeah, but players, football. players are always like a derby. Um, <sighs> I the, think irrespective. Is there only, they want to impress the fans. Only opportunity left. To win back the fans, so, yeah, to win so, even even a little bit. Here's, a, that here's a question that for you, right? How effective as a fan is chanting for a footballer? I have no idea. You need to ask a footballer I, that I, question. It, it helps. Um, well, I mean, take it from professional Scotland internationalist and uh, Broncos player Fraser Thompson here. <laughs> like, if you've got anybody on the sideline giving you anything to go off of, mm-hmm. it it just gives you that something extra. extra other than I'm just. Well, I mean, in their That's case, true. clearly not in my case. I'm being paid to do this. You've got somebody a on your back telling you oh, what you've you. not done right, mm-hmm. but giving you that confidence when you have done something positive. Aye, uh, uh, it, it just gets. I've just always, I've always wondered because you know some of the things people chant. It's totally irrelevant to the game in front of them. It's like I mean, I mean, some of the stuff like you see, you see Mexican waves going round. 
that's never a good sign. If a, if a fan has never taken the time, the <laughs> if, a, if a fan has taken the time to start a Mexican wave, whatever the f- you're doing is boring. Yes. Um, but if you can get a chant that's gone with the game, a- well, anything, you just build up momentum. Yeah. Uh, you, you build off each other. I mean, you see Celtic in the Champions League. There's no way you can't say that. I'm assuming mm-hmm. uh-huh. doesn't help in that circumstance. Rangers will be the same on Thursday night. Yeah. It'll be the first real atmosphere on a kind of European stage that Rangers will be able to portray. Well, they play what rapid. Rapid Vienna. You know. They've sacked our manager. Managerless. Uh, echoes. Was it the Rosenberg? Was it Rosenberg? And as well, last year when Celtic played Handerlecht. Uh, yeah, they were in a crisis as well. So. Good well. signs for them, yeah. Rapid Vienna have been absolutely immense this season. <laughs> Although managed to beat Spartak in game one. But they're, eight, they're 18 points off Salzburg at the top of the but Bundesliga. Salzburg beating Leipzig as well, though. Aye. I mean, there's, there's enough to... There's enough permutations there to the, make the it Austri- really Maybe the Austrian league's a wee bit stronger than first, first, first thought. Well, oh, absolutely. Uh, that Central European, there's some good teams there, you know, like well, Basel I mean, and Switzerland. And the football's fantastic, it's... Pacey is direct. Um, it's, it's well worth a watch. It doesn't get a lot of coverage because it's. Uh, you know, no, the German Bundesliga does. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Bundesliga is all over the BT sport. The German Bundesliga? Mm. Aye, but not the Austrian one. Nah, it's not as marketable. Although I'm quite surprised that With the, even the kind of uh, sort of Wien derbies don't get picked up or anything like that. See, that, I thought that the other day, you know, like the stats you get. You know of you know how many millions of people are watching this old firm derby around the world. How? Why would they tune in for like one Scottish? Because match? it's a game that's built up. Yeah, I know, but in the same sense, we don't get you know like one-off games from like other leagues broadcast here. It's a bit of a challenge if you want to watch. Yeah, he's, he's, nah, I can't get his point. I, yeah. if you want to watch Boca Juniors versus uh, River Plate. He would have gone for the bloody South American. Yeah, that is a. I think if the one thing the one thing you would do in life is start a Latin American football channel. Where where, 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 where do you think the coverage from like Rangers and Celtic is going? Like that's going to be into America, into it's every pub in Spain. Well, (laughs) that too. But like apparently Chinese, we sold. Although I think we had troubles with that recently or something. Australia must take a fair whack. The Americans are watching, and so like there are reasons. Some Australian football. Plus the commentaries in English. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's probably a big factor that the commentaries. I mean, yes, you can get somebody to commentate over anything, I but mean, I'm uh, sure there's a Rangers supporters club somewhere uh, yeah, in Alaska uh, yeah, again. Yeah, the, that'll be watching the, the game. Yeah, but why isn't there like a Boca Juniors fan club here? Or why don't we, example, see the? Have you not been to Barcelona? Oh dear. Uh, well, why don't we see stuff like Belgrade derbies or, well, even La Liga derbies this year? Actually, for that matter, that's a bit um, of a challenge. Yeah, maybe we do a better job. Maybe the SFA do something right. What buy the rights for La Liga football? For no, they sell the rights to to, to people who are willing to buy for pennies, probably. Well, but still, didn't they recently have to call in whoever they sold the rights to because they weren't paying them or something? Probably for some international rights, they had to call them into question. Right? Yeah. Ah, but if uh, any international leagues out there are watching, we're happy to broadcast your live feeds on the Sofa Manager YouTube page. <laughs> so get in touch, uh, as you can see. Professional audio kit, hopefully. <laughs> as long as it didn't corrupt or the one time I deleted the file. Um, <laughs> that was many episodes ago, it's fine. That happened. So uh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see. Anything else to talk about this week? No. Shabalazlo. Oh, Shabalazlo. Yeah, he got sacked. Anyway. Alright. <laughs> well, he left by mutual consent. I don't think we're entirely surprised. Fourth in the league. Uh, yes, they got pumped. They got pumped twice in the last three weeks, didn't they? The only time they did win was against Falkirk. They only, they only <laughs> scored was it two or three goals. Two, two nil. Um, That's a sackable offence in itself. Where do they go now? Uh, <laughs> because it's yeah. been a it's been a downward trend. Well, I mean that, that. So I heard he got sacked. I had a look at the table. Mm-hmm. I expected to see them seventh or eighth. Yeah, they're actually what? F- they're fourth. Fifth or fourth? Fourth. Okay. I mean, I don't think. They've had two bad results, sure, but one of them's to a team who are surprising everybody with the results. Yes, that's and true. are scoring yeah, a lot Falker of goals. All right, in the positive sense, yeah. Mm. Um, no, nobody's been surprised by Falkirk this year. We're exactly where we expected to be. <laughs> Go back to the predictions episode. <laughs> see what John Brown says. <laughs> Aye, thanks for that. <laughs> but Aye. I mean, you do air with, I mean, Shankland and. Yeah, nobody expected it. But Dundee United, Shank- I think... Yeah, you go, sorry. No, but I, 
they've just had it in for him for the start. Shabba. No matter what he had done. I mean, that's less than a year. He's taken them nowhere to to semi finals of the of the playoffs, and he's in the playoff race this year. Like St. Mirren were always going to win that league last year. Xavi Laszlo wasn't going to change that. Certainly from about January to the time they were 100% going oh, that, that was Ray McKinnon's doing. The biggest feeling Dundee United was they spent money when they didn't have to. They didn't have it either. No, but why would you buy in Washington and Ralston when you knew you weren't going to win the league? Yeah, you're why just going to have to get rid of them. It's just a waste of wages, if nothing else. Yeah, and you could have kept it and you could have put more into it this season. You'd feel a lot of pressure though. Same with Falker. Falker did that when Rangers were in the league. They spent stupid money. That's whatever. Aberdeen spent huge amounts of money to come second. Yeah. <laughs> season, you though. could win it. Probably had to. There was an obligation on Aberdeen at that stage yeah. to, to oh, push. If you if you didn't if you didn't keep that title race close, then there was nothing. That, that was the, yeah, exactly. And now that the one time the league's blown wide open, we're nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um who is out there managerially for them at the moment? It's a tough Ray pick. McKinnon. I'm sure he'd somebody hate Ray somebody hate him <laughs> apparently he still lives in Dundee so he's been getting closer and closer commutes so um, who it's a tough pick I mean Mike Hopkins went down to Bradford Bradford oh yeah he just signed recently didn't he he's mm-hmm. away Stubbs he's out of a job yeah maybe <laughs> Robbie, Robbie Nielsen was like with it I think I think Nielsen sees himself as a bit of a loof and wouldn't actually. Take no, the I don't think Nielsen up. would go that low. He's although he's yeah, I think he probably needs to. Yeah, Yogi. Is he not like now retired from? Oh no, I read an article about Mark McGee. This oh, week. he's retired. He has given up on football and is now taking to try and organise Justin Bieber concerts or something I, like that. It wasn't Copley, was it? It was somebody bizarre. It was someone very famous. I was like, imagine that conversation with Mark McGee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Beggar belief. No, I'm what, sure it was Bieber. It was someone. Like, no, it was, was it, someone that performed at Hamden. Is it Beyonce? No, it wasn't Beyonce. Or Jay Z. I he don't did, know. If, he, if Mark McGee talked to Beyonce, she couldn't say no. Let's face it. <laughs> oh my god. I <laughs> 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 uh, still, still very much regrets that to this day. <laughs> what on earth were we talking about? Shabalaza. Well, don't you think? How do we get there? Yeah, not a lot of choice for them at the moment. They'll just be kind of rummaging about for sacked managers. I mean, I, I, I still think that is that title race is still open there? Oh, it's always open in the championship. Well, Air well, isn't going to hold steady because look, oh, they got. I don't know. They got. Nah, but they got hammered by Queen of the South a few weeks back, so they're capable of th- having a That matter. result just happens every now and again, though. We folk are absolutely destroyed on the United Six One. Still finished eight. Yeah. You know, that's a funny thing one of the, the only Falkirk games I missed last season was the 6-1 yeah, drumming I was at Sterling Albion that day and they got beat like 1-0 off of Montrose or something like that freezing cold day dismal game um, I'd be interested to see how you know you go obviously top of the league if they go up as well as Livingston I'm going to cry because <laughs> you know that's two very small scale teams relatively speaking have sailed by Falkirk and uh, laughed along the way mm-hmm. Shanklin's biggest problem, by the way, is still Stephen Dobie. Why? He's, he's outdoing him in almost every start going. Yeah. Age. Yeah, I know, but. It's just a number. I, I'll tell you if one you, thing. But, Air United are entirely grateful for Stephen Dobie. Because. It he's is, currently the best player in Europe, statistically, in some measures, by the way. I would agree with you. I know we were going to. Yeah. It's keeping at least a little bit of the interest off him. Yes. Taking all the heat off of Shanklin. I don't think he'll do it. Because you look at what the best championship striker Steve- of seasons and gone by. You look at someone like Simon Murray, right? Did he know. ever? He's South Africa. Oh. <laughs> Did he ever do the business in the Premier League? But he was useless in the championship. Have you seen one of the top? So Steve, Stephen Dobie's stats. He's played. What was it? Is it? He scored ninety goals in hundred and sixty games for Air. Mm-hmm. In. I think it's like 200 games for all the other clubs he's played for over the years. Barely did anything. How many goals? Yeah, not a lot. 40. But that's not what people will remember. Which is what he's creating as a legacy, essentially. At least Shanklin scored elsewhere. It's all in the same league, yeah. Doesn't look that fit. See, when you watch him... Still got eight goals in as many games as Dobie's got nine. I know, and that's all well and good, but when you step up... The Premiership is way more athletic than the Championship. Chris Boyd was never fit. (laughs) (laughs) But he has... I put Shanklin in the Rangers team and see what happens. Yeah, but you put anyone in front of them. Morelos exactly. scores goals in the well, Rangers team. <laughs> <laughs> I do rate him that lowly. 
I'll be interested to see. You know, if he was that good, why didn't Aberdeen desperately try to hold on to him? Or you know, the other bit. Of well, I mean, if Aberdeen he didn't was it seventeen games, no goals. Yeah, he went to. He, St. he was at St. Mirren. He scored do that well at St. Mirren. Scored a scored a, well, it, a no into double figures really? over a season. Yeah, but they were doing badly, and he went to then Morton afterward and did he hot for half a season. Four goals in seventeen games, something like that. He's just yeah, he's found a club, especially going down to League One, where they could. I mean, he's, he's now the main man. He was coming in to St. Martin and Morton as a kind of... Mm-hmm. He didn't quite fit the jigsaw. That's a terrible terminology. But that's another good bit of punditry, yeah, John. That'll make the highlight reel for this <laughs> week. <laughs> no, but it's true. He's, he's it's me a good in. idea for a kit, by the way, at some point. He's the main man and he's... McCall, in effect, has built the team around him and sort of took everything kind of strengths that Shanklin has and he's, he's making it work. You know? mm. McCall's actually shown to be a very good manager still. Yeah, don't disagree. I think he won Manager of the Month uh, oh, last month. Finish the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that epic bit of punditry, <laughs> it is time to round off. So thank you for listening from myself, Paul. Well, we're actually finishing. Yeah, yeah, we're actually <laughs> finishing. <laughs> I've won football, that's me. <laughs> Cheers, guys. All the best. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for that smooth transition, John. Anyway, <laughs> have a good evening, a good afternoon, and a good morning. Bye-bye. Bye.